Hey everybody, it's Michael. Welcome to the Michael Like Stuff podcast. Thank you so much for listening today. I'm stoked because you are about to hear an episode with my friend Cedric Duncan. We had a great time, as I always have with him. Uh, we talk about politics. Uh, we get what some people might call too political. So if you're going to get mad at me, um, please do so responsibly. Um, if you're trying to listen to an NBA podcast, uh, hopefully we will be getting a NBA Finals preview pod up this week uh, before the first game on Wednesday. That's the goal. Uh, stay tuned for that. Keep your eyes open for that. Um, you know, I, I'm trying to figure out, like, should I start a Patreon or something uh, for this podcast? Um, right now, I don't know that I'm regular enough to quite do that. But let's say I was regular enough. Um, instead of giving you two podcasts on one week, uh, patrons might be able to get uh, the second podcast. Like if I do this episode and then I do an episode again about the NBA Finals, uh, maybe that NBA Finals podcast would only be available to patrons. I don't know. Anyways, if you have thoughts on Patreon, let me know. Um, but that said, uh, thank you for tuning into this podcast. And I had a blast talking with Cedric. Um, and yeah, we got way too political. So I hope you enjoy it. What's up, everybody? I'm here with my friend and overlord of the Facebook comment section, Cedric Duncan. Cedric, what's up, man? Hey, how's it going, everybody? He <laughs> got me. And I want to start this podcast off just saying uh, I'd like to apologize to my friend Michael Klinger for I was like 45 minutes late. I thought I said a certain time, but it was actually an hour earlier than it says. So this is my fault, everybody. I apologize. Yeah, but by the time that you got here it was actually 15 minutes early for you so if you look at it that way you're very prompt i'll take those bonus points any day thank you um so thanks for coming on the podcast again i mean i had a blast with you last time and i mean we i I got a ton of good feedback about it i've gotten more feedback about that than any of the other podcasts um that that we've put out and it was just a really fun conversation uh you know, it was a, a lot of serious subject matter because we're talking about um, it was right after George Floyd and uh, just everything that went along with that. The, the conversations about uh, racial injustice, policing, things of that matter. Um, and, you know, uh, I just want to get it. We just want to get I just want to get overly political today. Let's uh, let's get overly political. Uh, I re- had a really good time on the last podcast. I'll, I mean, I'll, I love talking about um, basically anything serious. <laughs> I, I think I just enjoy talking about things and hearing my own voice, which is sad and selfish and depressing at the same time. So, yeah. Um, so we can just go ahead and get into it. Let's do it. Um, so today is Monday, the 28th. Tomorrow is the first presidential debate, uh, between Biden and Trump. And, uh, it comes in the wake of this, uh, tax i don't know if it's fraud tax just trump apparently only pays 750 dollars in taxes in 2016 uh according to the new york times and which i don't know how but people are calling this fake news i wouldn't really consider the new york times to be fake news 
so what I would say in regards to the, to people that want to call this fake news and people like if somebody on your your Facebook feed or your friends or your family says, "Oh, this is fake news," like this isn't real, you should say, "Okay, it could be fake news, but there's only one way to prove it. He should release his tax returns." <laughs> and the thing is, he's not going to do that because it's real. Like the those are his real finances. If it wasn't real, then he would release them and to prove it, but he's not going to. And because he has consistently underpaid his taxes, his former lawyer, Michael Cohen, who was doing time for tax evasion, just like seven of his other people that worked for him were doing convicted felons. He he consistently pays his under taxes. He's probably wanted for bank fraud and all these things, and that's why he doesn't want to release his tax returns. So Yeah, it, it reminds me of an episode of Law & Order where they find some dude's blood at a crime scene that's not the victim's, and they go and they ask the guy they think did it for a blood sample, and he's like, absolutely not. Exactly. I did, had nothing to do with it. I don't even know what you're talking about, but absolutely not will you be allowed to take my blood. It's just a case of why are you trying to, so hard to hide this? And, and in my opinion, if I worked for Donald Trump, I would have said you should just release him at when he got into office. So it's like, because the, with him, the news cycle moves so fast. So it's like people would be over this by now. But yeah. he, he, he doesn't want to because I really do think if he releases his full tax returns, it would show some even worse things than like we can even imagine. Really? I, I think, in my opinion, foreign policy is one of my number one things that I care about. I love that stuff. I think that he has a lot of foreign entanglements with either Russia, Ukraine, and a lot of these um, more like Slavic countries that mm. I think he, has, he owes them a lot of money, mm. which is why he doesn't want to release his tax returns. I don't think I think he cares about his image, but I think he owes a lot of people in these countries a lot of money. And that is why he has done certain things that people go under the radar, such as. Um, he pulled a lot of troops out of Germany, a lot of U.S. troops out of Germany, which is, which for us in America, we're like, oh, that's not really a big deal, like blah, 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 blah. But it's, that's like one of the most important uh, aspects of threatening and like threatening components to like make, making sure that Russia stays tampered down. And so if he owes money to Vladimir Putin or to Russian oligarchs, guess who that benefits? Mm-hmm. Russia. And it's also in the sense of, and people that want to say this whole thing of like, it's a Russian hoax and all that, that's not true. Like they're very, very credible evidence of the connections between him and Russia. And it's, it's very scary and very dangerous. Yeah. Um, and I think the, the thing about it that I don't understand is like you said, if he released his tax returns and even if it was filled with terrible things and, just reported awful things about him, whether he was responsible for like some like organized crime. Like I'm totally speculating like whatever it could be. I honestly, if this happened like last year and he just released all this stuff and it all came out, I don't think he would get a single less vote than he's going to get in November anyways, because the truth of the matter is like, I don't know what, is going to keep Trump supporters from voting for Trump at this point. Like I, I, I honestly don't know like 
what could come out because for me, like I met my like quota with that, like before he was elected of like, I don't think I can vote for this person for president. So like, you know, what do you think? Do you think that that would, that, that this tax thing is actually going to affect like his, his voters? I think his voters don't really care about this. And the reason that I think that, and the reason I, I, I when I talk to a lot of people about this issue is because in order, in my opinion, this is just my opinion, in order to support Donald Trump, you basically have to forego a lot of rationalization. And it's not saying that people are stupid, and it's not saying that people are dumb to support him, because I think everyone has their reasons, and everyone has their motives to vote for a certain candidate. But I think you have to forego a lot of rationalization. You have to forego a lot of just ridiculous things that he does and say to get around to the the little piece that you support him with. Like I know people that are like, I support him because of the economy. And so now since the economy is basically in the garbage right now, they will come up with all these other reasons in why they support him. And in my opinion, I really just think these people like him and they, they like him because he hates who they hate Mm. and they fear that their 1950s ideal of America came back in the four years that he was president and they want him to keep doing that because I mean the the essential idea of a presidency uh, and a re-election campaign at least is and the question around a re-election is are you better off four years than you were are you better off now than you were four years ago that is the only question that matters in a re-election campaign the only one um, among like undecided voters or people that that haven't decided yet which fun fact in this election 90% of people have made up their mind 90% so there's right. only 10% of a sway because each particularly Donald Trump it's the strength and weak it's the biggest strength and weakness of Donald Trump is that everyone knows who he is everyone knows what he's about and knows right. what he's doing and so among so to answer your question among his voters I don't think this is really going to matter much because people you either like him or you don't like it's yeah. just kind of along those lines but oh you were gonna say something well I just yeah I was just gonna agree with you like I don't know a single person who's who said to me even in the last three years I don't know if I like him or don't like it seems like if you like him you like him if you don't you don't and that's kind of where we're at yeah I, I I would like to agree with you but here here is the craziest thing that happened to me just last night I was at my house and uh two guys were there and um, one knows that, I mean, if, if your audience doesn't know, I am voting for and supporting Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. Um, and so I was there, but I'm also just love to talk about voting and registration and all that, that types of stuff. And I asked one of the guy, one of the two guys I was like, are you registered to vote? He was like, no, not yet. And I was like, yeah, well you should get on that. Like you have about a week left. And so he's like, okay, I will do that. And then he's like, I just don't know who to vote for. Like, I'm just not sure. Like, like, I, I mean, I wasn't, I was like pretty not about Biden. And then like, but like, I don't want to vote for Trump, but they're like, I'm thinking I could vote for Biden, but like, I just don't know. And I, I, there was like this moment in my head where I almost wanted to stop myself from like going and running in front of a car just to like be obliterated. Cause I just don't understand that. But I think it's hard for us to realize us that live in this universe where like we're okay with consuming 
this amount of news and this amount of information so much. And for a lot of people, the more I kept talking to him, is that for him, it's just, it's just a lot. Like it's just right. so much to take in at one time. And yeah. so I was talking to him and I told him, and I would advise your listeners to do the same. If you're talking to somebody that is not sure who they want to vote for or like what really matters to them, tell them, okay, forget, forget the people and the personalities that are running. List the five things you care about the most, whether it's education, whether it's the debt or the deficit or a foreign policy or uh, the environmental protection right. agency, uh, climate change, all that type of stuff. List the five things you care about and then take less than an hour to research for on the Internet, but only look at please don't use credible sources. Right. Just look at credible sources. There's lots and lots of information out there from very credible sources that, that talk about both sides of the issue with Donald Trump or Joe Biden. And I said, you can make a decision based on your top five choices of what you want. Like, it's not hard. You just have to, like, take an an hour to the side. Like, like just an hour. And it's a very important decision. But I, I, it was just such a wake-up call for me because it was just like, this guy who doesn't live under a rock and isn't a caveman doesn't even know who he's going to vote for. Yeah. But also he falls into the bracket of if I probably hadn't asked him, he probably wouldn't vote. So there's also I, that. See, and I think like, you know, I, I often forget and I guess, I guess I have in this instance, just like how much, I'm swimming in like the media current and not in like a bad way that like the media is leading me astray. Yeah. Um, but in a way that it's just like, I don't understand how some people don't know about literally everything that ever happens because I just feel like I'm bombarded with it constantly. And so like, I've actually had some people reach out to me in the past few weeks and just like, be like, so what's the deal with the Supreme court stuff? Like, or like, so is it bad that like Republicans are doing that? Is it illegal? It's like, no, it's not illegal. It's just like, it's, it's them not doing what they said they would do. It's politics is what it is. Um, but like, I just think that there's so many people just like the type of people that you're talking about. It's just like, they, Either intentionally, they're just like, I hate politics. I don't want to hear about it. Like, honestly, my life is pretty much the same either way, so whatever. And I I don't understand that, I guess. Um, so, but also I wanted to say that there's actually sites online that, like, you can fill out a quiz and it'll tell you who to vote for. And don't, like, solely rely on that because then you end up voting for, like, a computer-generated version of what you, you want. vote for Howie Hawkins from the Green Party or something like that. <laughs> Please don't do that. And it's just like, um, like, like last in 2016, I did one of these and it said I, I should vote for Jill Stein, and it's like, in theory, my values do align more with Jill Stein, but it also gives you like a percentage of like who is more like where you're at than yeah. the other people, and so that stuff can be helpful. If you don't know, like talk to a friend who's going to be honest with you and isn't just going to like try to sway you to their side. Yeah. And and for for me, like I even with the guy last night and the other guy that was there, he literally told me, I am shocked that you 
actually kept yourself together he's because he was like i understand that like you are like extremely into the biden harris side and there's nothing anyone could do to like bring you over to trump side and he's like the fact that you were able to tell him hey like this is what you need to do like i'm i'm never me personally i'm never going to tell anyone who they should vote for i i'm i'm going to give you the facts of what the situation is i think that Right now, in my opinion, there is an obvious choice, but that's not for me to decide. That's for voters to decide. And, like, whatever happens, I think it does tell you a little bit about that person, but also in the terms of people like the guy I was talking uh, talking about that I met last night, it, it, there's, like, there really are these people, especially they're that 100 million people that didn't vote in the eligible mm. voters that didn't vote in the mm. last election, that genuinely just don't know like they are right. living their lives and just don't yeah really they're care. like, like they're it's, like i've got a family i've got a yeah. job I've, i don't care about that and to give you an example this how, how i kind of view it is I, I think i tweeted this actually a couple weeks ago but this the last four to five years has basically thrust a lot of people in the political sphere that don't want to be here Mm-hmm. Like that, they they don't want to be. They right. don't want to have to go vote. Like these people right. don't. These people don't want you to ask who they're voting for. Don't want to talk about politics. Don't want to register to vote. They just want to live their lives, have a white picket fence at home, maybe pay their bills on time, watch mm. New Girl or watch The Office, and go to sleep. And like they don't want to talk about the Republicans, the Democrats, or the Independents, or the Green Party, or the right. Libertarian Party. Like they don't want to do that. And so, I think. Being able to win over those voters is very crucial, and I'm I have an idea of who's going to get those voters. But and statistics are 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 proving one way, but it's going to be very interesting November fourth to see who gets the majority of those voters. Right, right. I think that is very well said, and I think it's important to note that like, and I this is something like I really respect about you is that you're trying to encourage people to vote. Period. Uh, which I think is uh, not something most people are doing. Like, yeah. obviously, there's a way that you're voting that you would want them to vote as well, but you are just encouraging more people to be involved in the political process, uh, which I think is really valuable. And I will also say, I, d- I used to be one of those people who had wanted to have nothing yeah. to do with politics. Like, I remember, like, freshman year... Um, I was talking to one of my friends and we were both kind of you know, like, you know, I don't even know like as a Christian if I should vote or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, cause like we went to Lipscomb and David Lipscomb yeah. never voted. He was this pacifist guy who didn't want to be involved in politics in any way. Um, and he was a preacher and I was like, I want I respect that. Like I want to be like that. But in 2016 through a lot of conversations and just, you know, personal development i came to the conclusion that like i actually think i have like a moral responsibility to vote here um and so i did and i think uh since then i I, i've been just in this a lot more and it is amazing how many people are not voting and um i want to ask you something because i've seen you tweet about this but you've talked about people who are who who are disillusioned with our current president. Uh, and maybe they, I don't know if you're talking about people who will like protest, um, or anything, but like, don't vote. Is that a thing? Like people being like active, like dissenters of what's happening, but not engaging using their vote. 
Is that a real thing? So I'm going to say this, and this is going to sound a little harsh. And I said this a little bit on the last podcast that um, I, I was on with you. But if you protest or post about Black Lives Matter or post about some some social justice thing that you care about, but don't go vote, what you just did is completely useless, completely pointless. It You might as well not do it. And the people that you're advocating for, they don't care that you're posting about. They just don't. Like, they really don't if you do not vote. And the things that people are learning about more, especially younger people are learning more in this political environment, especially within the last four or five years, elections have consequences. Mm -hmm. They have insane consequences. And so whenever, as of last week, Breonna Taylor, um, the, the police officers get a ridiculous one person charge, not even for basically if they would have uh, in the case last week, if they would have shot her multiple more times instead of shooting the walls of the building next to theirs or the apartment next to theirs, then there would have been zero charges in the case. Mm. And so the people that are enacting laws or that are charging people a certain way, the attorney general for that case was misguided and not in the right place. And he presented people with the evidence wrongly, in my opinion. But there are people, you have the power to put these people in place. And that's why voting at the local uh, level is so important, at the federal level is so important. But please do not let people say the local elections are the only thing that matter because it's not. The federal elections matter too. And don't let people say the federal elections are the only thing that matter because it's not. Local elections matter too. You have to to go and vote because that's the only the only real way to make change like people have died for your right to vote white black asian hispanic literally people have died for your right to vote and mm-hmm. it's not saying that like i'm not trying to say oh like if you're not voting you're doing a disservice but it's if you really actually want to make a difference which i think people think that they're making a difference when they post on social media or like talk about what their friends are like stick it to the man when they say it and they like rebel against their teacher or rebel against the cops. It doesn't matter if you don't go and vote like it, like John Lewis and all these, these Martin Luther King and all these social justice warriors here and Frank in, in the Holocaust, like all these people died trying to make a better life for people. Like they mm-hmm. wanted to advocate for a better life for people and for people not to want to go out and vote, it's it's almost just a disservice to their to their sacrifice. And Anne Frank may be a, a stretch because she didn't right. live in this country, but even for the rights in their country and um, just all that sort of sort yeah. of things and types of people that we hold to like a social justice standard of just if you do not vote, then nothing that you say or do matters. Like it just doesn't. Yeah, and I. I think another another thing like and uh, being being back in school trying to get my master's in public administration. Yeah, you. I've been more aware over the last couple of months of when you're voting for someone, you're not just voting for them. You're voting for all the people they are going to hire and fire during their term. So there, there are truthfully not that many elected people in office at once, exactly. locally or on the federal level. Um, if, if you're voting locally, um, whoever you vote as 
mayor is now also has the opportunity to hire or fire the chief of police to hire or fire um, like the city manager who's over like transportation and the park system and all these different things. And there's so much going into government that our tax dollars are paying for our tax dollars. And if you are not like, if you, even if it's something as small as like, I think that the park by my house is always in terrible shape. I want to play tennis there and there's grass growing up through cracks in the asphalt and it's a disaster. If that's your thing, that's going to get you to go and like take part in public service in in such a small way as voting. I think that's a great place to start. Like whatever that thing is for you. And I think that, um, you know, we all need to find that or maybe not like, if if you don't vote, I don't think you're a bad person or, exactly. or I'm not, I, honestly, if you told me you're not voting, I'm, I, I might say like, okay, well, like I, I think that like there's so many good things that can come from you voting, but at the same time, like I don't have value you any less as a person. Um, so that's interesting that, that we talk about that. Cause like I do still see people's, like on Instagram, they're black squares from um, the black squares. Yeah, if you if you forgot about that little thing, the black squares from a few months ago, um, I still see those on people's profiles, and I'm just like, I don't know if this person is like active in, in any in any way. Yeah. Um, and so I don't know. I think that's important. Uh, do you have any anything else to say on that matter before we move um, on? I, on voting, I'm trying, I'm trying to think. I, I just one of the things that uh, Barack Obama said. He said people always keep thinking about protesting and voting as an either or, but it's a both and. Mm-hmm. You have to do both. There's not like one or the other. It's not. It's not this issue that we can sit on the sidelines with. Like y- you really you really shouldn't sit on the sidelines about right. about these issues because these these issues affect you more, especially, um, I think we're going to talk more about the, the judges and federal uh, yeah. bench a little bit more, but these issues will literally affect our grandchildren. And it's right. not, it's not the, the issues on the federal level, especially at this very moment, moment in time and at, in this election will affect our grandchildren. And it's yeah. not, that's not a hyperbole. That's not me trying to just like scare people. It's like they will affect your grandchildren to the fullest extent. And people right. really should know that. And it's something to be kind of scary about because it's not, it's not some joke. Yeah. It's really not like it's, this is very serious. Yeah. I think, you know, with lifetime appointments on the Supreme court and like the imminent threat of climate change that yes. I don't think I know people in my little echo chamber are seriously, we need to do something about climate change before it's too late. But I really think probably 75% of our country, like, doesn't think that their children or their children's children will be in any way affected by climate change any more than, like, more hurricanes. I, I, I'm going to say this and like, it's, it might be the most hardcore thing I'll say probably on this podcast, but 
if you care about climate change, if you care about the environment, there is literally only one way you should be voting. This right. is it's probably the only issue where there's no black and white between the candidates. Like there's literally zero. Like there's zero black and white between the candidates right. on this issue. If you care about I mean, I can say if you want me like to like Oh, please. Okay. If you care about the environment, if you care about climate change, you should vote for uh Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. Donald Trump and Mike Pence and their administration, they do not believe in climate change. And yeah. I, I mean this in the most serious terms. They do not believe in it. They do not care. The head of the Environmental Protection Agency is a coal, is a coal lobbyist. Right. They do not care. There was a, uh, a legislation that just got passed, I think it was last week, that basically opened up parts and territories of Alaska for more logging and more right. environmental damage. Like you, if you do research on environmental protection and climate change, there's no middle ground on that issue. Yeah. It's completely black and white. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris believe that climate change exists and that the only way to the future is to go more green routes. And Donald Trump and Mike yeah. Pence believe that climate change does not exist, that basically people should be able to oil and frack wherever they want, uh, that the people that run these agencies can just do whatever they want. And it doesn't matter what people think. Like I'm being dead serious. Like it is the, it is probably the most stark issue on the table yeah. when it comes to the difference between the two candidates. And I, I'm actually very serious about that. Yeah. And I, I think it's important that if you, if you are concerned at all about climate change and you're just like, okay, well, four more years of the status quo, and then we can get someone else, and it'll be okay. Trump is actively deregulating things so that the status yes. quo is not the status quo. Oh, plenty of Obama and even Bush-era regulations have been deregulated during the last four years when it comes to climate. And I think it's it's really important to know that this is a serious issue. Like There are people my age who are concerned about having children because yep. of climate change. And that and like those kids if they are born today are going to live until 2100 if they live 80 years. Mm -hmm. Like that's not very far off. We need to be moving towards net carbon like zero so that we are actively not destroying our planet. And if to all my Christians out there, if you think that this is a um, this is a one issue, if you're a one issue voter and you are pro life, please hear me on this because as a pro life person, I can say that being pro life also includes being pro planet, being a good steward of God's creation. That yes. matters. That's not something that we can just pass off and shirk onto future generations to deal with. Because the truth of the matter is, like, we've known about climate change for over 20 years. And we have done jack-ish about it. So we have to start doing something about climate change. And the thing is, most countries are behind us. So we not only need to be active in moving towards a, a green, clean energy system... But we need to be leading other countries to do the same. We have the scientists to do it. We there there is things that we can start doing now 
that are going to push us in that way. And this is not a climate episode, so we're not going to, I'm not going to spend an hour and a half laying all of that out, but there's plenty of books you can read, things you can read up online that are going to seriously help with that. Like this is not just a Democrat issue. It's not. Climate change is going to destroy the planet, whether Republicans are in the presidency or Democrats are. So we need to be honest about what that looks like. You, um, on the the top things of Joe Biden's uh, list when he, if he gets inaugurated, is rejoin the Paris Climate Accords, which basically lines us back up with um, meeting deadlines and regulations of trying to get this country back in order of like, Cutting um, just like a lot of different um, oil fracking policies. And right. it, we are literally in the category. The, the only countries that are like not in the Paris Climate Accords are like the U.S., Iran, mm. and Russia. Like it is ext- like, like the most like even Iraq is in it. Like there's right. it's crazy. And so th- this is a very serious issue. And I hope that people understand that. Yeah, it. I mean, I, and the thing is, like, it's it's too big of a problem yeah. to solve at once. Like, we need to start now because as much as we can say there's life on Venus, we would have to start the relocation process now yeah. if we're moving. Exactly. So, like, there's there's just a lot of things that we had to figure out. And, and with climate change really being viewed as a progressive issue in the Democrat Party, um, there's a lot of other things that I think uh, Democratic Socialists and just the progressive wing of the Democratic Party um, want to happen. And for me, I don't know that Joe Biden hits those. Like Joe Biden was like my seventh pick in the Democratic mm-hmm. yeah. um, <clears throat> for the Democratic nomination. I'm so glad he chose Harris because she was at least my third. So I think that there is. Um, there's a lot of people out there and these are people that are, they're Bernie voters, uh, they're Elizabeth Warren voters, people that uh, some people did not go out and vote for Clinton in 2016. Yeah. Um, and probably regrettably so now. Um, but I, I think that one thing that I think that Republicans doing and by Republicans, I mean, like Trump's campaign and and people that are not just Republicans, but are like actively pushing towards a, a Trump election in 2020, they are trying to paint Biden as this left wing socialist person, which as much as people like me uh, promote the redistribution of wealth. And guess what? The church did that in the Bible. But anyways, as much as um, the Republicans, the, the Trump, campaign wants to paint Biden as this uh, candidate for lawlessness. He's going to defund police. No, he's not. Number one, even if you think never that's, said he had, that's he would, that's what he would do. He, his plan actually has more police funding in it than, than is now he's going to add to police funding uh, using grants all across of our country. And so that's one thing to keep in mind, but just, there's so many progressive policies and I wonder if Biden is going to be able to lean into those enough to like not to like get all Democrats on his side. They're running a very centrist campaign right now. Yeah. One one that's about healing, right. one that, that I respect, it's about healing and decency 
and saying basically it's it's anti-Trumpism, like all the things that Trump is for, we're against. And I understand that, but are, do you think that they're doing enough to bring in progressives in the Democratic Party? That's a very long-winded and great question, as usual. If you guys didn't know, Michael Klinger is an amazing questionnaire, and sometimes the people he asks these amazing questions to get stumped. But so as I would start with this question, I would say I'm trying I'm going to try to get these statistics and, and facts right. Um, they're all on Joe Biden's website. Um, but if you guys, uh, people that are more progressive don't know, Joe Biden would be the most progressive president that we would ever have to, to start off with. Um, he was more progressive even when in office, he was more progressive than than uh, Barack Obama. Basically, the reason that we have the Marriage Equality Act is because of Joe Biden. Obama was not going to basically make that part of his his terms, um, but Joe Biden really, really pushed him and even got ahead of him on the um, the in the media talking about it. And that was basically the one issue that he got out of head of Barack Obama on. And so, Mm. um, so just for starters to put that out there, but in terms of him as a president, I would say if I have the statistic, right, or not even statistic, if I have this part about his campaign, right, what he is pushing for in terms of a lot of people talk about, uh, they want free college tuition, all that he's trying to make, uh, public universities free for everyone that doesn't um, for a household income that doesn't make over $125,000 a year and he's also trying to make so in Tennessee we are very 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 fortunate of having community colleges for free um, here uh, as like a, a lot of people I know are taking advantage of that which is an incredible mm. program but he wants to make that uh, access completely available throughout the entire country so in terms of education he would revolutionize that area, which is also particularly awesome and why he was one of my, he was my number one choice because his wife is not only a, a college educator or professor, but she is a community college professor, which in my opinion are like, like the saviors of the world, like people mm-hmm. that, that do that and just right. teachers, teachers in general are just right. like the saviors of the world. Um, and so in terms of Medicare for all, when Joe Biden and Barack Obama were putting the ACA together, the Affordable Care Act or Obamacare, as people call it. The goal was to have it be a stepping stone toward Medicare for all. That that was ultimately the goal. Right. It's basically like a half step toward um, toward Medicare for all. And so, as I've always kind of viewed it, is right now the Republican Party has been demonizing it even demonizing it and has been trying to rip people off the uh, the ACA during a pandemic which is even more insane if you ask me yeah but Obamacare is even more popular than it was before and so what Joe Biden's doing and the reason he's not advocating for Medicare for all is because that there are a lot of people who don't want to go that full step right now because he he would love to do that he said it he's like I would love to have people everyone cared for but there are a lot of people that are not for that right now and so in order to get the majority of the country on that you have to take steps toward that and though incrementalism isn't sexy and isn't great to hear all the time it's the way to win and so uh i would say for progressives the best advice i think this quote was going around uh, and phrase was going around i think about a couple of months ago but you got to view as voting as not marriage 
but as a train or a commuter train. It's like if you 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 don't have to vote for someone. You're not committing to them for the rest of your life. Right. But it's more of a commuter train where if you miss your train or if it doesn't pick the person you want, you don't just not get on a train at all. Right. You get on the train that's going closest to where you want it to go. Yeah. And as a, I'm sure as a left-wing progressive, then Biden is 110% the closest train to where you want to go. Right. There is, whether you want to argue with me on libertarian issues, if somebody wants to argue with me on libertarian, Green Party, or Republican, if you want to genuinely say that either of those options are the better uh, choice than Joe Biden, please at me at said said what on any of my platforms. Please come at me because <laughs> I would love to debate you on that. But it's it's just not. Yeah. And it's it's the I understand that a lot of people don't I, I I'm I understand I'm very fortunate in the fact of Joe Biden was my number one pick and Kamala Harris was my number one pick for VP. And so right. I, I got very lucky in that sense. And so I understand like Right. I, I am very few and far between, especially for people my age. I remember being at very various restaurants and in groups of people where I basically got hazed for my choices and beliefs. But <laughs> you, you, you do what you got to do. And so yeah. I would just really, really, um, really, really like energize people to if you really have speculation, go on Joe Biden's website and look at his plans. And even he's worked with, with Bernie on a lot of his policies proposals. And I, if you would like to please at me and I can send you uh, the platforms that they work together on and they're approved by a lot of right. like progressive organizations. So if you really have questions about that, I would really encourage you to go look at, um, the, at Joe Biden's plan because it is a lot more progressive than people would would even give him credit for like to say which is funny because it's like it's more progressive than progressives like to say and it's less progressive than conservatives like to say and it's just it's very it's very it's very weird type of people and as i said he's trying to go for that middle of the ground voter yeah Uh, i think he's doing well with that and so that's why but that i i I really do you do you have time to get into the judges aspect of it yeah, we have time. I just want to okay. add really quick, if yeah. you think that the Affordable Care Act is socialism and it's bad, then you don't want me to have health insurance because that's, exactly. that, that is truly how I'm able to afford health insurance is because I qualify for the, for the, with the ACA. Like, because, you know, my employer does not provide health insurance. Do we don't have, I don't have benefits. And so I think it's important to know that um, if, you th- if, if you're of the mind that you have been convinced that people that um, qualify for the Affordable Care Act are some sort of like scum on society who don't want to work, I promise you it's not. There's a lot of people just like me who couldn't afford to pay $400 a month for health care if exactly. I had to. And so that is huge. And I, I'm talking like the basic plan. Like I don't have dental. Okay. Mm. Like I'm just like saying like can go to the doctor four times a year. I I genuinely don't think, and I I argue with a lot of uh, conservatives and Republicans about this, but I I don't think a lot of people really realize how many people are covered by these plans. And just the idea of pre-existing conditions, you're going to hear about this a lot about pre-existing conditions. So basically during this global pandemic that, 
There are 5 million cases in the United States and 206,000 people have died. The Republicans have been in court. Donald Trump's administration and the Republicans have been in court trying to rip the ACA out from under people, which would take 12 million people off health care, just rip them off health care. And the, there's over 100 million people in this country. There's 300 million people in the country um, total. 100 million of those people have pre-existing conditions. Right. So if for some reason people that I listen to this podcast, if you're covered by health insurance, if you lost your job, your pre-existing condition, like uh, is diabetes considered? Um, I I'm not so. sure, but uh, yeah. stuff like diabetes. Stuff, stuff like that and like sarcoidosis and things like that. All pre-existing conditions like that would not be covered, like just at all. Like after, if they rip people off the ACA. So Donald Trump's administration has been during a pandemic where the employment rate was the unemployment rate was at fifteen percent. Millions of people had lost their jobs. There's a pandemic outside. People are getting sick left and right, and they're in court during a pandemic trying to rip people off affordable health the Affordable Health Care Act. Yeah, according to Cigna's website, diabetes is a pre-existing Yeah, condition. diabetes is so, pre-existing um, it's, it's really common. I didn't know how common it was to have pre-existing conditions yes. until coronavirus hit. It is, it, is, it is asthma, pre-existing condition. If you talk to a lot of people that are on the ACA, that the difference between um, the price of asthma medication with uh, the Affordable Care Act and without it, I promise you, you will have a very interesting conversation with them. Right. It is, it is very like, I, I think people have gotten comfortable with how decent the, and how decent to good the economy has been since the, the last recession. Mm. And they, they don't understand. They have forgotten like how bad it can get Yeah, and how, how like people cannot afford things. Right. So yeah. When you, when you don't have money or when you have when you get laid off from your job and you were making $45,000 a year and you have two kids and now you're making $15 an hour, or let's be honest, most people don't even make $15 an yeah. hour. Um, like at, at, at hourly work. Yep. Like if you're getting paid, like I was getting paid at the, at the gas station I worked at 10 25 an hour. Like I can tell you that check is not as big as it, you would think. Exactly. And I, I'm just going to say this as I, I'm, I am very far and I am, as some people would probably try to disagree with you that would argue with me, but I'm not a, a very progressive person. I'm right. really not. You, you're, you're a capitalist. I, I am. I am. You have two business degrees. I, I'm a hardcore moderate and it's, it's, but these are, these are issues that I would never even argue with someone in the sense of like, Healthcare is not something to mess around. Like it's just not. Like especially right. that and like the climate change. Like these are not things that like oh it's just for the elites and like all this stuff. It's like people cannot afford their healthcare, and especially what Donald Trump and the Republican. And I'm I'm not saying Republican, um, Republican people because I generally don't think that a lot of Republicans in the party really understand exactly what they're trying to do. Right. Like the Republican leadership is literally during a pandemic was trying to rip millions and millions of people off healthcare. And in my th opinion, that's one of the most disgusting things I've ever seen a political party yeah. do. I, I, 
I couldn't imagine that when I was seeing their court filings during a global pandemic of trying to rip people off healthcare. It's craziness. Right. Yeah, so. and I think um, that there's a lot of messaging that's been going out that that has been going out for for decades, honestly, decades about healthcare, and that is just not true but if you've never been in that situation or you yes. personally don't know anyone in that situation or you do but they don't disclose their health insurance information to you you might actually believe that the only people that are getting um like uh healthcare stipends are people that don't want to get a job which i think is one of the biggest reasons for a divide in our country and, and it's it's a thing that um has been number one it's been couched in racism but also it's something that is is it's messaging that if you have not lived it or someone has discussed it with you that has lived it you probably just agree with it because odds are most people that are in that position that they are not on a qualifying for the affordable care act. That means that either they make enough money where paying for healthcare is not a big deal or they have employer benefits. And the reality is that that is not the truth for a ton of people in this country, myself included. And so I, I do bristle at the fact as someone who grew up and you know, like getting booted off my parents' insurance when I turned 26 and I've never had to worry about paying for a doctor's visit in my life. And now all of a sudden I'm, I, I had to be, you know, go out and find health insurance. I had no idea how much it costs. It's crazy. I had absolutely no idea how much it costs. And I know there's a lot of people out there and the arguments for what it costs. It's like, well, like doctors go to seven years of medical school and then they postdoc and they need to make money. And I'm like, yeah, but isn't there a way that they can still be paid what they deserve and people can get access to the care that they need? And, and, and this is, I don't even say this, like I said, I'm not a, a, prog a very progressive person, but I don't even say this as, as a like information for like Medicare for all or, or for any of that. It's just basic ideas of giving people an option to where they just can afford it right. it's the there are people that are not there are people that that just are not trying to game the system they're not trying to game the system they are just trying to get health care right. and i think that a, a lot of time those people get left out of the conversation by people who are arguing for the far extremes as in there are people that are arguing i want everything for free i, I, I not, that's right. a really bad example but i want all health care for free right and then there's people that are arguing i don't want any of my money to get um to go to helping people pay for their health care i right. just want it for myself but there are people literally in the middle who are just like i just want people to have an option to where it's just not as insanely expensive as it is right because for people that can't afford their health care and that are kind of in that middle ground they're just kind of like this this thing's crazy. Like it's right. it's so expensive. Like I had some serious surgeries earlier this year, and you just look at the cost, and you're just you're just paying. You're just continually paying them off, and you're just like, okay, yeah. like I mean, this is this is happening. Sorry, I wasn't talking directly into the microphone no, for that. But 
there is a lot of people that get left out of the conversation. I really hope people, if, if you're listening to this this conversation, I'm trying not to get too like just partisan about this, especially about certain issues. Like I, I try to be fair minded about this, but like there's a lot of people who get left out of the conversation that are just trying to make it in life. Like they're just trying to make it. They're not trying to game some system. They're not trying to be a millionaire. Like they just want to live their life and like not have to just get bogged down by thousands, especially like God forbid they get uh, them or one of their family member gets cancer. And it's just like, you're paying for the stuff for the rest right. of your life. Right. And so sorry. You're going around and I, on that. I think that, a common argument that I've heard um, among Christians who vote Republican and don't support things like the Affordable Care Act is that it is the church's job to take care of people, not the government's. And when you can, the, the truth is our church feeds a ton of people. Even we even paid off people's medical debt this year. Like in mass, like strangers, people's we don't know. We ended up canceling like an insane amount of money in medical debt here in Nashville. But once you can find me a church that is able to, or the churches come together and take care of everyone's medical bills, then I won't think that the government needs it. But as it stands now, that is not the case. That's simply not the case. And I don't know why we can't do both. Why we can't, as a church, as churches, as Christians, come together to help people uh, who are in need because they can't afford health care that they need. They, or whatever, you know, you see GoFundMes, you see that type of thing. Yeah. But why can't we also, as a group, you know, enact policies in our country where people aren't going to be put in those positions at all? Yeah. And I think that that's something like I think about all the time dealing with um, food insecurity, yep. uh, homelessness, all these things that Christians and churches say, no, no, we've got this. And it's like, okay, well, it's out there still. You might have the five people that your church knows, <laughs> yep. but there's a lot. And I don't know why we can't do both of those things. I don't know why we can't have a both and scenario as Christians where we want to take care of the people that we know and for the people that we don't know. I honestly have no idea why people think that, but it is such a common like rebuttal to things um, like health, like the healthcare debate. And I, I just don't, I mean, it, it, it's, it's bothersome to me, honestly. That's so true. You just nailed that. Um, so the debate starts this week. Yeet. There uh, has been a... <laughs> there's... It's, it's so petty, but there's like so much trash talk that's going on. Like I was hanging out with two like brothers last night. One is in third grade. One is in kindergarten. Uh, one is in first grade, thir- third and first grade. And they were playing soccer. They were smack-talking each other. And it was less petty than some of the smack-talk I've seen from, like, Trump and Biden and people yep. that are that are working for them and their, their surrogates about these debates. Trump saying, like, Biden doesn't even want to debate me, blah, blah, blah. Like, 
And I don't even know what can we expect from these debates. Okay. So I, I say this as somebody who I, I did speech and debate when I was younger. Um, for people that have never done debating, it's hard. Like it's not easy. Right. And I have said this a lot of times and a lot of people have disagreed with me. And I, I think that tomorrow it's, I'm, I will be proven correct. <laughs> Come at me. I'm always right. I'm just saying, um, but I think I was actually talking to my friend just yesterday saying this. I think it's really not going to be that big of a surprise. I think Biden's going to say what he's going to say, and it's not, it's going to be kind of boring and uneventful. And I think Trump's going to say some crazy stuff, but that's been the last four years. I, I just don't, I think that it's going to be, it's going to be kind of exciting just because it's them two. And they've been talking a lot. They haven't been talking. I think I feel like there's their their people have been talking a lot of smack. Yeah. But it's like I, I think they're just gonna do what we've seen them do the last four years. Like they're both men in their seventies. Like right. they're not going to throw on some boxing gloves and just go at it. And so that would be awesome, by the way. Well, didn't didn't Biden say? Something oh, he did. Like he that said, he said he I said I'd take years him, ago. He said I'd take him behind the barn and basically beat him <laughs> up. He did say that. Uh, <laughs> don't not, we don't advocate for violence, people. But I I think that there's a couple of things that that people have to understand. I think in 2016, a lot of the coverage was not just it wasn't that it was pro Trump is that he had a very upper hand. And I'm going to say this and I'll probably get a lot of crap for it, but it was because pure sexism, like mm. the idea that Hillary Clinton was a woman versus a man who was extremely aggressive, extremely, extremely aggressive. I don't right. think any other male could get away with that. Um, he was extremely aggressive with her and just like, I think there's that popular, uh, the popular video of like him like stalking her around oh, the, the yeah. debate environment, like following her, like that was weird. Yeah. And so there was a lot of things, and it's not. I'm not saying that because I think that like because I'm sexist. I'm not saying this because I'm sexist. <laughs> I'm saying this because I think a lot of America is very sexist and just views certain things that men do as completely fine. That if a woman does it, they're like. I'm not about that. Mm. I think that Biden is going to get up there and says what he's going to say. And people are going to be like, wow, that was good. And it was going to be like, fine. I I think that there are things that Biden can do to really shine. Like I think talking about healthcare is Biden strong suit as his son. um, Bo just died. I think it was five years ago from, from cancer, which is just a horrifying story. If you haven't ever read into that, it's really horrible. Um, but I think taking the um, the conversation into healthcare is would be Biden's strong suit. Taking the, the conversation into healthcare and foreign policy is is Biden's strong suit. Um, with Donald Trump, I think he's just gonna say some crazy stuff. Like I think he's, in my opinion, if I was a Biden advisor, and this is I, I'm saying this as like somebody who's done speech and debate, which. Like I said, I don't. A lot of people haven't done it, so you don't really understand the whole idea. It, it's it really is a different story when you're up there one on one, going back and forth with someone, like arguing a point. Like it, it is, it is a lot harder than people would like to imagine. You're, yeah. It's not like just you're arguing with someone. And if I think if I was a Biden advisor, I tell him just let him talk. Like let him 
he gets in more trouble just talking than if he does yeah. kind of if Biden would just go at it with him. Right. I think they should just let him talk because I think there isn't going to be as big of a stage with undivided and independent voters as that first debate because that's yeah. always what gets the most in- information. And statistics show when Donald Trump just talks, he gets in more trouble and like loses more voters that way than any other way there's there's he is his he is literally his own worst enemy and so if i was a biden um debate coach that's what i would say but to people that are i've had people for the last was it two years telling me oh my god oh my god (laughs) donald trump's just going to destroy joe biden he is going to just wipe the floor with him like you aren't just ready for it like you just don't know like he's just gonna kill joe biden i was like what in the last five years would give you that assumption like yeah like joe biden like like i said both of them are men in their 70s everyone's just like joe biden has lost step they've all lost a step literally all of them multiple all of them the senate there's a senator in kansas who is 83 years old so it's like people that are just like biden has lost a step it's like they both lost steps like we that is a starting point that is a minimum i just don't think when trump gets up there and just starts rambling I think Biden, if I was his coach, which I think he's going to do, I think Biden's just going to let him talk and just be like, yeah, this is your choice. Like, yeah. I mean, if you want this, take Dude. it. Like, here are my points. Here are my, here's my plan. But if you want this, take yeah. it. It's like, <laughs> kind of like that. Put some, like, uh, planned lines in there. Like, can you believe this guy? Yeah. Like, stuff <laughs> like that. Like, like it's, yeah. it's going to be, I think that a lot of people have. But these VP debates... This VP debate that's going to come out, guys, it's going to be wild. That debate's <laughs> going to be wild. Like It's going to be spicy. It's going to be spicy. The Kamala Harris-Mike Pence debate is going to be spicy. Yeah. Like, I, I wouldn't want to debate a prosecutor in front of millions if of If you've ever watched any of her questioning of like of Bill Barr, the current attorney general, or who, who's the – she, she uh, had a really good question that she asked to Brett Kavanaugh. And just – she is – very good at what she does and mike pence is not ready for that fire like he's not trying to catch that heat i'm i am i am very ready for that debate but in terms of the presidential debate i think that there was a a, um, a news anchor and a politician i think it was maybe chris hayes that said this but a lot of people have to remember that though the republicans and and the Republican leadership, I mean, I'm, like I said, I'm trying to stay away from because I really don't think a lot of the people in the Republican Party That's really right. do understand what it's exactly what right. is happening. Yeah. And I think it's more of they more of are are because I've met a lot of a large, large amount of Republicans and I am friends with and like conversate with a lot of Republicans and conservatives, though a lot of you will think the opposite. I do have, I conversate with a lot and they do not necessarily support what Donald Trump's doing, but they're just kind of going along with it just because like, it's just like what they do. And so what Chris Hayes said was Democrats oftentimes lose a lot of hope in what's happening on in the society or not even just Democrats, but independents or people that just want things to be calm and civil and think that Donald Trump's going to get reelected with this massive margin because he has this like insanely massive 
voter base. But people tend to forget the things that they advocate for are very unpopular. Mm. It, it, advocating for people, like we were talking about, taking people off the ACA is extremely unpopular. Advocating for an extreme right, pro-life um, justice is not the majority of people in this country. Right. Advocating for uh, basically deregulation of a lot of environmental protections is not popular. And right. so I think that a lot of people forget that a lot of the issues that they put forth are not issues that are like going to just rack up points among, especially independents and undecided yeah. voters. It's like undecided and independent voters are very much not about that ultra pro-life right or right. life i don't think a lot of people really get that like that 10 percent right. that hasn't made up their mind i would bet money that basically nine out of ten of them are not ultra pro-life right. i'm just saying so i think when understanding these debates when these topics come up you're going to have joe biden and this is my just my prediction i hope i'm not just scorchedly wrong uh by tomorrow <laughs> night I think these things are going to come up and Joe Biden's just going to be like, yeah, this is what I believe. And it's the exact opposite of what Donald Trump believes. And in line with actually there to like rebut claims, like when, when Trump says that Joe Biden wants to defund the police, he's just going to be like, no, no, I I haven't said that. And I don't want to do it. And I think that's what people have forgotten about Donald Trump lying is that when Donald Trump lies, lies that means it's not true and yeah. so when there's someone on stage that he's going to say oh you want to defund the police he's going to say like no i i don't want to do that they're going to say oh like you just want there to be open borders he's going to say no i've never said that and like you can look at right. my platform and i think this debate is going to be the first stage where the masses amount of people are going to be watching and you're just going to say like Donald Trump's going to try to spew some like craziness and say all, make these, all these accusations and I'm going to say Joe Biden, like just look around and be like, who are you talking to? Cause right. I never said that. So. Yeah. I think that one thing that has been lost and it goes back to what I was saying about messaging is that there is a lot of people out there that believe what they have been told about Joe Biden. 100%. And the truth is that Joe Biden is about as boring as, of a moderate candidate as you could possibly have found. Yep. And that's probably why he has a chance in this election. Yeah. Because he is not a socialist. He is about as like, he is as just like old school. When you say make America great again, Joe Biden was a Senator when those people are talking about that. Like, Joe Biden is not all these things that he's being accused of. And I think that what you've said is exactly right. That when something gets thrown his way, he'll simply say, no, <laughs> like I didn't like, and I, I, I think that like the, one of the reasons I didn't vote for Biden in the democratic primary was because he is exactly that he's boring and he's not taking us anywhere like we haven't been like he might be the most progressive president in the U S history, but like the U S history's presidents have not been very progressive facts. And so I think that like, that was a reason like I, I didn't, didn't really support him, but like right now, couldn't we all just use like four quiet years 
And then he rides off into the sunset and Kamala Harris runs for president in 2024. There, there is. There <laughs> Couldn't is, we all use that? I think there was a tweet that was like, it got like hundreds of thousands of likes. It was like, I think Joe Biden would ultimately win everyone's vote if he promised everyone three weeks of silence from the White House <laughs> when he wins out, when he, if he wins. And it's just a matter of, and, and I, I mean, I, I completely get where you're coming from with the whole not inspiration. I had so many arguments and debates with people about how Joe Biden's uh, not inspirational and not, not exciting. And I think the reason I have a lot of reasons why I chose him as my candidate and mainly being his foreign policy experience. Um, But I, I really think that, as as a as a candidate and as a country, we all just need the temperature to come down. Yeah. We we really, really need the temperature to come down. And one of the things that he he said that I I am so about and so enthralled with that he said was he just talks about they asked him the question of how will you bring this country together? And I feel like it's a question that a lot of people forget to ask right? in their, in their daily lives. And when they're arguing and when they're tossing around, own the libs and conservatives suck and all that stuff. I think that a lot of people forget that like we have to have a functioning country. We do. And right now our country is not functioning. Like whether people want to argue with me or not, our country is not functioning right now. Like it is, it's just not. It's not a functioning society. Half of the country, 45, or is it 90% of this country basically hates each other. Right. Um, we're in a global pandemic where there's no federal plan to get schools back to in back together. There's no federal plan to test people for coronavirus. There's no federal plan to get anything back in order. And a lot of it is due to just gridlock in the Senate, especially. And... I just think that people need to understand that like this country has to work together. And I, in my opinion, picking a candidate, the only candidate that I saw that really, 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 really could do that was Joe Biden. Because I, like I said, contrary to popular belief, but like I have a lot of friends that are going to vote for Donald Trump. And I have a lot of friends that are going to vote for Joe Biden. And the only thing I care about is making sure that like our country can function afterwards. Right. And in my opinion, with another four years of Donald Trump, like our country will not be able to function. Like we just won't. Like if you think the last four years have been bad, like just imagine he literally pardoned three of his ex felon campaign, uh, admin, uh, staffers in an election year. Right. What do you think he's going to do if he had four more years? It's it's it is amazing to me. People have to look at this like long term of just we have to get this this country back together. And it's the interesting idea of I, I know a lot of like very progressive, um, very progressive people and friends of mine that get really angry when Joe Biden talks about trying like wanting to work with Republicans. And I I think that 
they have lost sight and I get see equally the same from the other side. And I hate when people talk about both sides because I don't think there is a both sides right now. But I think that this is one of those issues where I see people talking about getting mad when the other person taught when especially Joe Biden, because Donald Trump is not talking about working with Democrats. But when Joe Biden talks about working with Republicans in the sense of like, we have to work with people. We, you just have to, like, I don't understand how people think that like, you're just going to get by with 51 votes or like all these things, but you have to be able to work with the other side. And it's, it's so unfortunate for me to see friends of mine, like scour at politicians that, and I think that they're not even blindly saying, Oh, all Republicans and all Democrats are amazing people. And then we're going to try to work with it. It's they're just trying to be work to be like in reality and say, we have to have a functioning country that can get laws passed without being a massive fight in the Senate or a massive fight in the house. It's like there are lots of things that we agree on contrary to like what this country, there's lots of things people agree on. And in my opinion, the best option for that to actually get this country functioning again because i want to be able to travel again people <laughs> to actually get this country functioning again was joe biden so that's why yeah. I, picked him. I think um our country is in um complete and utter dysfunction right now i mean like, i i think that completely when you go to the grocery store and you see somebody some people go to a grocery store and they see someone in a Make America Great Again hat yeah. and the first thing they want to do is, well, I don't know if they want to do anything, but the first thing that they think is like, I can't believe that person. And then someone wears, they see some, the other side sees someone wearing a Black Lives Matter t-shirt and wants to give them a lecture about how all lives matter. And it is not good. And we have been divided by our politicians and we have been divided by our social media. And like, if you think that social media has a neutral influence on society, you're wrong. You're wrong. I would advise that you watch the social dilemma on Netflix. So good. That documentary was incredibly eye opening. And the truth is like, I knew most of that beforehand, but it illustrates it in a way that is horrifying. And we need to come together just, you know, through throughout, I've been in graduate school for a month, and if there's anything I've learned, it's that our government works best when people in government are working for the good of everyone in our country. Yep. And the sad thing is, the people in our government are not doing that right now. The The people in our government... Um, now, I'm, I'm not talking about, like, the person that runs uh, the rec center in your neighborhood. I'm talking about the people that are dictating all of the administrative duties that are happening. Because it matters. They, they do not care about our people the way they should. Yep. They are not concerned with public service the way that they should be. They are not even civil towards each other. Everything is for show. When uh, Trump tear gases protesters 
to stand in front of a church with a Bible. And when the Democratic uh, senators come in with um, uh, the, sc- the scarfs on, um, I, don't, I don't know what they're called, <laughs> but it's not my culture. Kente cloths. Kente cloths. Thank you, Cedric. <laughs> um, all of that is for show. And uh, we need people who are concerned with the lives of people in our country, um, no matter who they voted for and what race or religion they are. Um, We shouldn't be moving towards a society that's changing freedom of religion to freedom to be Christian. Um, That's 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 where we're moving towards. That is... I am so glad you brought this up. If you want, if I can go off on it. Please. This is very scary. This is the part that I remember talking about uh, in the last podcast, which when, because it was the week after he, I think it was a couple weeks after he tear gassed the protesters. And I was saying like, we're really, really moving into some authoritarian ish. Yeah. Um, and, things are really scary right now. And it's, it's not like a, and this it's, which is why I don't feel like there's a both sides ism right now. Um, there, there are things that Donald Trump is advocating for and that in the least partisan way I can say are trying to like rip this country from limb to limb. And it's, it's not a me, it's not me trying to advocate for Democrats. I'm not, I'm not trying to advocate for Democrats when I say this, like there are things that he's doing that's trying to rip this country apart because when he, when the more that we are pulled apart from each other, the more he wins because he thrives in chaos. That's how he does. That's how people with authoritarian and fascist type, um, autocratic type tendencies, that's how they win. That's how, because when, when people cannot agree on anything, when people look at other people as the boogeyman, that's how they, they 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 win and I, th- there are a lot of steps that he has taken um very recently in terms of questioning whether he will leave peacefully whether there will be a peaceful transition and whether i think mm. i don't think he technically has the power to do that i think if you want to talk to me about the us postal service that's some really scary stuff when yeah. when he is there they're trying to tamper with the us postal service and now i have a message for people please if you have the option do not you do not vote by mail. I, I'm right. being dead serious when I say do not vote by mail. Just put on your mask, put on a hazmat suit if you have to. Go get in line and just go and vote. You are in yeah. Tennessee. You are you have you are allowed by law to require like your employer is, is required to give you three hours off from work to go vote. Right. And I, please just go and vote. Do not do not leave it up to the mail. But anyway, I, I just if, want I'll just add if you yeah. vote early, the line is really manageable. It's just nothing, yeah. Yeah. I, I just I just really want to harp on the fact like there was it, it like kind of pains me to say it because like I love this country so much, but there's just so many things that he's just dipping into with the way that he talks about the media, which is why I it, I, it makes me uncomfortable, especially after I visited Auschwitz in 2015. Like it makes me uncomfortable when he talks about the media, like the way he does. And like, right. it makes me uncomfortable when he says that don't believe anything that you say and don't believe anything that you hear when he, it makes me very uncomfortable 
when he otherizes um, Muslims, when he otherizes Hispanic people like that, that because the otherism then was just another type of people. And I think that it, it won't be until that the Trump administration is over that people start seeing that like, we almost went there. Like yeah. we really almost went there. And it's like the, the things that are happening in the, which it, uh, I don't even want to go there, but like even dipping into what's going on at the border is very scary stuff. And that is honestly one of the main reasons I'm, I am so passionate about voting is because of what's happening on, at the border. If you guys don't know, child separation is still going on right now. Right. Things at the border, these kids are literally being, being still being in horrible conditions and if people want to argue with me and say oh well people kids are being being uh being put in cages and being ripped from the parents under the obama biden administration yes it wasn't as it it wasn't as to the extent that it is right now where attorney jeff sessions at that time literally says it's being used as a deterrent to keep people from bringing their kids across so what they would do is they would these kids would come across with their parents and literally to scare people away from bringing from more people to coming, they would take their kids away from their parents. When in the Obama and a Biden era, it was if they had concerns that this wasn't their parent or, or, or from various certain stances of that, that's when the only reason that they would take the child away from the parent. And, and but the things that are going away from, from the border, there are lots of things going on about, some unwanted hysterectomies that are going on and the amount of coronavirus cases that are going through these things and the types of child sexual assaults that are going on in these uh, border patrol facilities that are, is very scary. And I really hope the United Nations basically a portion of me hopes they sanction the United States for like unhumanitarian conduct after, because it's really bad stuff. And I'm that, that is the number one reason why, I am so passionate about like voting and voter registration because that stuff is so terrifying and extreme. And I never, I never thought the, I, I, I never thought the United States would ever go there, right. but people, people have turned a blind eye to support this man. They, yeah. they, they have done a lot of different things that I never thought people would succumb to, um, in order to support this man. But I, I, I really do think that if people, get out and vote they're like we can we can change things so yeah and i just to add to that i think that the thing that is the most concerning to me is not that there are people in power doing corrupt things but it's that there are so many people so many who don't care or don't care enough to say anything about it. So many. And it's that there that there yeah. are there's there's what I believe to be good people who are not willing to say anything yeah. or do anything about it that have the opportunity to do something about it. Like I truly believe that anyone with access to any sort of reports about what's going on at the border yeah i i just don't know how 
that is being allowed to happen. There's a reporter like there's checks and balances in our country. Like Congress could stop things from happening. Yeah. The people that put people in Congress could vote those people out of Congress and vote people in. And there's people like uh, Tennessee Senator Marsha Blackburn, who is as about it as anybody. And we keep electing people like that. There's there's a reporter named Jacob Sobroff who his sole like focus and job is to report what's going on at the border. And I like highly recommend people to um, go look at that. And I'll try to share the the links with you to his latest reports. But for for listeners that re that don't that don't aren't as in touch with politics, please please keep talking about the things that are going on at the border because it is it is heartbreaking stuff and things that I I really didn't think would ever happen in this country like like really really just didn't yeah. and like you like you said what you said is the most important things there will always be crazy people there will always be autocratic style leaders and people that are right. willing to to say whatever sexist and whatever racist things they need to say to get their point across but there's not always people to follow them right. and I think that the amount of people, the amount of Christians I know, uh, or I'm not even going to say it, the amount of people that I know that call themselves Christian that um, have just put it aside and just, just gone with it. They're, they, they've just gone with it and they have kind of relinquished being able to compartmentalize. I'll say that they've been able to compartmentalize for mm. their, so sole goal of wanting, like I said, I really think people just like a lot of his supporters just like him as a person. And that's why uh, they're voting for him at this point. Like there's not as many reasons to just vote for him. You can't say that he won't change because he's the president for four years. So it's, it, it has been really disheartening to hear, Christians justifications especially for the border mm-hmm. I think that was one of my breaking points of just what I never thought that I would ever hear come out of Christians mouths of saying basically saying well they're not Americans so we can treat them like this oh Ugh. I mean they're illegal so I mean we can we can put them in cages. Yeah. Oh, we don't have to. We, I think that there, there was a video of them arguing of a, 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 a Trump admin lawyer arguing to a judge about how they shouldn't be required to give children in transport in, in uh, border patrol custody, toothpaste and toothbrushes. They were arguing that yeah. they were arguing this. And I'm sitting there saying, are people just willingly signing on to this? Like, is this, is this, this is not the America that I I thought it was. And I just hope 2020 is the, the moment that I think that people have the option to completely say, okay, Donald Trump won in 2016 and not even just Donald Trump won his style of politicking and his, his, what he brought to the table, um, anti-immigrant type, anti-woman, anti, uh, anti, basically, black and brown people, mm. 
he brought that to the table. People are if like that happened in 2016, and you can say, okay, this happened maybe once, but if this happens again, this is telling people exactly who we are, exactly right. who the country is, and yeah. I think that I'm hoping in my, if I've done my calculations and statistical. <laughs> because I've, I've, I'm a nerd for data. If I've done my calculations right, then it's going to tell people that like, this is not who we are right? at all. So, yeah, I, I think you, you hit that on the head. Um, there, uh, for, for anyone who's on the fence, uh, because they are pro life, uh, life is so much, is such a bigger concept than what, we've been tricked into believing it means to be pro-life. The idea that you did something wrong, so if you die, it's okay. Or if you're in horrible conditions, it's okay because you broke the law. Or you can't get health care, but that's okay. It's not okay. To As someone who claims to be pro-life like I do for me there's so much more that goes into it than abortion so much more Um, so much more our federal government in the last year restarted federal executions we our federal government hadn't executed anyone in 17 years before this year when the Trump administration started federal executions again. The death penalty is not pro-life. Um, police brutality is not pro-life. Um, what's happening at the border is not pro-life. Um, ripping people with pre-existing conditions off the Affordable Care Act is not pro-life. And we need to do better for each other. We need to be better for each other because what's happening right now is not, is not okay. And I don't know how I can say it any clearer than that. Because like one of the most frustrating things is being told that I'm lesser of a Christian if I don't vote for Donald Trump. What an absurd thing. That's many many people in our country have been convinced of people from my faith tradition, tons of American evangelicals who are in white churches, 81% of those people voted for Trump in 2016. And it's probably going to be more that way this year. Yep. And that breaks my heart, honestly. Yeah. I, I have had, it's the only time I'm going to swear on this podcast. I've tried to censor myself, people. Uh, but I've, I've had, recently I've had someone um, try to, like, arguing with me about uh, Joe Biden versus Donald Trump. And then them arguing just pro-Trump things over and over again. Then they just go into this tangent saying, um, well, the most hurt community are the black babies and the black children and the fatherless black children. And I said, I'm about to swear. So here, brace your ears. I I said, please save me your bullshit. 
I said, save me your bullshit. Cause you don't care about those people. Right. You don't care about black children. You don't care about brown children. You pretend to care to convince yourself that you can vote for a man yeah. who you just like, who's saying all the things that you want him to say that you've always wanted to say. You don't care about these people. And the person, the man took it really hard and was like, oh my goodness, I just really took an offense that you just said this to me and all this stuff. And, and I just, t- I was just like, where in the last four years has Donald Trump cared about brown people besides saying that he's pro-life, which he probably asked a thousand women to get abortions, but we're not going to go there. When has Donald Trump cared in his policies towards black people? Do not give me this, oh, the first step act. I'm sorry. We are not going to just say black people should care black people should like Donald Trump after he denigrates and and makes a mockery of black people for four years and says because he initiates one act that talks about just criminals in general and the decriminalization of certain areas that we should just go ahead and vote for him. And the other uh, economic talking point that I always get is that, well, black unemployment was at the lowest point in in like 20 years when Donald Trump was president. I was like, oh, I'm so, I'm just so happy that you think that I can be bought by someone who literally calls the countries that my dad came from and the country that all the people that look like me came from shithole countries. I'm so glad that, that a man that just gives us a that says like that the unemployment's better. I'm glad you think that I can just be bought with that. I'm so happy that you think that, that about me, that you think that money just, that just makes it all better. Hmm. That just makes it all better. And it's amazing to me, people's mindset, especially, I wasn't even going to go here, but especially talking about the race issue and people are saying, Oh my gosh, there are black people at the Republican convention That means there are a lot of black people voting for Donald Trump. This is this is crazy. No one's ever seen this before. Do these people think we're stupid? These people literally think black people are stupid. I have people saying, you know, Candace Owens, she said this. Candace Owens gets paid millions of dollars to say what she does. And people need to understand that. If I just randomly became conservative and like a Republican, you do not know how much money I could make. I could make yeah. a ridiculous amount of money. And people need to understand, you cannot just buy black people. You just can't. And these people that are talking about that Republicans are going to get this mass amount of a black men is who they're targeting. They're targeting black men. It's like, you think that we're all idiots. You think that no one's been paying attention for the last four to five years and that after calling Hispanics an infestation, after telling the uh, the black servicemen that died over the uh, overseas, and then when he called her and in the car, and he said, "Well, your husband knew what he was getting into." You think that we've forgotten about all mm. that? You think that we've forgotten about when you went to Baltimore and called it trash, and told Elijah Cummings that he had no idea what he was doing? They think yeah. that we've forgotten about all this stuff and they think that we're just going to just vote for him because unemployment was good at one point. Yeah. 
and it's 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 such a demeaning and i don't think people understand how demeaning it is when they insinuate these things to a a person of color or to a black person that you should vote for because they initiated one act for you and because the employment was low so that means that you should give them your vote yeah i'm almost like how do you think that that makes me like how do you think that makes black you think it makes black people feel good that you can just assume that they'll vote for you just because of those things mm. and yeah. it is amazing to me sorry i was i was no, gonna get about man. race because i that's like the base level of why i'm not voting for him like, right upon a thousand other issues but right. that is it is so insane to me and I don't, I don't know how you feel about this, but it is just so insane to me how people think that they can just come around during election season and everything's all good. It's like everything's all good. Like what what happened the last four years didn't really yeah. happen and everything's all good. Like, yeah, like a pandemic isn't going on, which mainly affect black and brown people who don't represent a third of the country, but accumulate for a third of the deaths. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, I agree. I, I mean, I, that's, that's not, I, I'm, I'm glad you're here. Cause that's not a perspective I can have. And I, I'm also wary of, of putting Donald black people don't like Donald Trump out there because how the heck, would I know that people so, people that are scared to say no I, I really do understand where you're coming from where and I'll, I'll say this <laughs> I was on a call with um I was on a, a birthday call with uh, a friend of mine and it was like 20 25 black people uh, young black people and uh, various all over social economic areas um and I, I hadn't been in a group of all black people in in like a while because of coronavirus and stuff like that mm-hmm. and just uh being able to go to gatherings and it was just it quickly went to like political and just everyone just started just just going in destroying. and then i i went back to the point i was like yeah i forgot about like black people don't like donald trump like, like <laughs> that's like it's a it's a consensus and it's like i i think that it's almost and people that want to say oh donald trump isn't racist he is racist. We're beyond that. Like he is like, if you Mm. want me to talk about when he tried to get five unconvicted black, young black men executed in the 1970s, that's fine. If you want me to go to when he got sued by the federal government multiple times for housing discrimination against black and brown people in New York, we can go there. I mean, we can go to the seventies, eighties, nineties to two thousands, all the way up to election to where, like I said, he called black and brown nation shithole countries. We can go there. If you, like, please at me, people that are listening, I would be more than happy to talk to you about it. It is just like, it is, it is decided. And I would honestly rather have, I would honestly rather have somebody tell me, you know, I think that he's racist, but I'm going to vote for him because of these things. I'd rather have somebody tell me that than for someone to lie to me and say, you know, I just think, he just knows how to play on race or I, it's like that's being racist. It's like, yeah. I know how he, he just, he just knows how to push people's button. I was like, no, he's just being racist. And right. so I, I, it's yeah. 
that's it's it's infuriating but like i said i think that people really have the chance to to send the country the entire country and the world a message of what america is really about so right and i um yeah i mean you you hit the nail on the head i've got nothing to add Sorry, um, I went off do you want to talk about bike for equality yeah um yeah so bike for equality it's a group that I um, started with my friend Tony Woodland, Anthony Woodland. Um, it's basically, we, we did it for the Black Lives Matter rally where we just rode uh, bikes to um, uh, the Black Lives Matter rally in Nashville on July 4th. We had, honestly, we were hoping for like 30 or 40 riders and there were like 150 to 200 riders, nice. which was just absolutely insane. It was It was a really cool moment for me because a lot of those people probably wouldn't have gone um, right. if if it wasn't for that uh, event. And so uh, we're doing an a, a event this coming weekend uh, called uh, Ride the Vote. And it's not it's a nonpartisan event, not sponsored by any political party, not advocating for any political party. We're just going to give some facts uh, uh, on, on registration, on voting, on um, when, especially the, the – starting and end times of uh, voter registration. By the way, voter registration ends on Tuesday, uh, October 5th. For oh, everyone that doesn't this know. Tuesday? This, this, this coming Tuesday. Tuesday. This, is this coming Tuesday. That's what we're doing the event wow. this weekend. It's this coming Tuesday. This is the voter, de- voter registration deadline. So please be aware. Please ask your friends. I am literally on my bus every day talking to random people. I've done <laughs> it multiple times. They probably all think I'm a psychopath. But just talk, just ask them, like, are you registered to vote? Um, like I said, I've, I've literally asked everyone, and they are probably like, this guy's a weirdo. But it's it's very important, and I think I would rather know that so I, I at least asked someone than, like, they than that person a year from now wish they would have and, and, but didn't. And it's... It's just re- it's really important to me. It's like I think that voting and just registering people to vote. And so, uh, with Black for Equality, we're just really trying to get the message out to a community that really doesn't um, that wouldn't really engage in politics all the time. If you would think like uh, the event is open for um, bikers, um, skaters, inline skaters, and scooters, and it's uh, October third, Saturday, October third at three p.m. at Music City Walk of Fame Park, which is the park right across from um, the uh, Bridgestone Arena. Okay, and that's where we're meeting up. And we're just gonna have places. Uh, Equity Alliance is gonna be out there helping us register to vote, people to vote, and it's a community of people that don't usually participate in politics. Um, that they're kind of more go with the flow. We're just gonna let everything happen. Um, and so I, I would kind of feel like it's a if you can reach people like that who don't always participate, it's like who knows who they could reach. Right. So you just kind of hoping it will be a domino effect. Cool, man. Yeah. Cool. Uh, you guys are actually out there doing it. That's awesome. <laughs> I try to just I, I mean, like it's don't don't be all talk. Like I was like, just yeah. don't be all talk. Like like do some just like. But not being on talk isn't doing an event. Not being on talk is just talking to the person next to you. Like right. talking to someone you meet and be like, have a good conversation and just be like, oh yeah, are you registered to vote? That's, that's not being on talk. Sweet. All right. Thanks, man. Thank you for having me as always. Yeah, dude. I'll talk to you soon. Talk to you soon.
up everybody i am in my kitchen with my friend and uh head facebook hang on i'm starting this over this is starting this over <laughs> <laughs> i'm starting this over 